You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? So I really don't know if we should be, like, saying hello right now or goodbye. I don't know how to talk backwards, but that was my best best impression of it. Uh, I mean... This was an interesting movie. I definitely feel like I need to watch it again to get the whole gist of it. Like, did you watch it more than once or did you just watch it the one time? Um, currently, um, I've only seen it one time, but, uh, I, 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 I really want to give it like probably at least another couple of watches. Like, yeah, for sure. I want to watch this again. Yeah, yeah, that's how I think I feel too. It's just, I, I, how do you feel about Nolan movies in general? Um, I mean, for the most part, I like Nolan's body of work, and I mean, this is by far the more most Nolanist of Nolan films. Um, it, it's it is a complete amalgamation of everything he's learned from making film. Uh, but more specifically, everything he learned from making Memento and Inception. Like this is this is like a love child cocktail of those two movies thrown in with like classic spy uh, heist genre type films. Well, uh, I mean, he has he has said that this is his making a James Bond movie. Like he, this is what he wanted. He wanted to make a James Bond movie. You know, and it's funny that you you say that because it it does feel like that. It really feels like uh, a James Bond movie. Like it has a a, a weirdly a, a a similar vibe. Like a, a, a I would say it's a, a very resonant uh, of those for sure. Now that you mention that, except for the there's no misogyny. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't we didn't have anybody that you know. Yeah, well, we'll move on. There wasn't any weird James Bond things that uh, happened yeah. with the ladies. So, uh, if you hadn't figured it out by this point, we were talking about Tenant, uh, which was a movie that was kind of being bolstered as the movie that was going to save movie theaters in the middle of a pandemic. And when it came out, finally in the movie theaters, it did not do well, but that's just because there's a pandemic. Like, more than likely, it probably would have done pretty well that first weekend, and maybe more people would have came and seen it. More, maybe more people would have been like, uh, don't you know, save your time. I would say that I enjoyed this movie. Um, and I really enjoyed the idea of the storyline, like what was happening. But to me, this seemed like a very well shot well directed like technical manual for fixing your vcr if you still (laughs) have a vcr like there is absolutely no character development in this movie for me Uh, yeah i i yeah that's probably fair I, i it's it's um 
Yeah, it's a lot more about the plot, I would I say, mean, for sure. You take, you take John David Washington. He plays the protagonist. And that's also the name of his character in the movie, mm-hmm. the protagonist. I I do think it's... It, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, though. I, I, I still think, had we not been in a pandemic, I don't really know that this would have done that well in the theater, to be honest. I don't think this is a movie that a bulk majority of people like uh, to me, this isn't a massive commercial film. Um, obviously no one has a bank ability to his name. Absolutely. But to me, this is, you know, this is not a standard commercialized film in the sense of what you would expect to get. And I, I genuinely don't know that most people would really like this movie especially i I don't know i just feel like we're at a a time period where a lot of people don't want to have to re-watch something they don't want to have to really deep dive and think about the movie or you know try to understand it like we're very much at at a time period where you know people just kind of want to have the disconnect or the escapism version of, of uh, entertainment right now. And I, I don't think too many people want to kind of really have to deep dive into paying attention to like little clues and things like that. And so I, I really don't know that this would have been a massive commercial success, even if the pandemic wouldn't have happened. I think it still would have done fine, but I, I don't think it would have put up the numbers that they were anticipating i um i mean I, I think more than likely i agree with you but i feel like there is a possibility there is a world out there where we didn't have the pandemic and this movie did gangbusters like interstellar did really well in the theaters and if you think i mean there's there's a lot of sciencey double talk in that that a lot of people might not have understood and nor do they need to go back and do rewatches. But I think, I think that it still worked if that makes sense. Like I get, I mean, I I definitely would say that in interstellar, there is scenes where it's just like, uh, okay, I'll just have to go along with what they say. Like, sure. Being close to a black hole means it's the time's going to go different because you know, light moves differently and all that stuff. But like this one is very much they brush over why is it why it is that certain things are moving backwards through time or being perceived as moved backwards through time as opposed to you know normal and I would say that to me this is kind of jumping around that was like the biggest thing for me like the your protagonist as he's being told that this that certain objects are moving backwards through time. He just goes along with it. He's like, cool. All right. Yeah. You're a scientist. You're wearing a lab coat. So obviously that's, I just accept it. Like he doesn't question. He does. His mind's not blown. Nothing. <laughs> nothing is just like, what do you mean? Things are moving backwards through time. What do you mean? That bullet is coming out of that wall and into the gun that is in my hands right now, as opposed to the other way around. Like it's supposed to like, just, he's just okay with it. Well, but but that's that's what I mean, and like that's kind of like I guess the the where I was going with that. Like I, I feel like most people could sit down and watch Interstellar, and and be fine with science that they don't necessarily understand. But that story still moves pretty linearly. 
this and, and, movie and you, also, and you also are you know you're you're into that movie into interstellar because you've got the character development with matthew mcconaughey's character right like oh you yeah know he loves his kids and that he's doing this to save the the world and you know annie hathaway wants to get to his, her husband or whatever like that so there are definitely motivations but in this one that's I mean, that's the bigger thing. It's like there's not that thing the 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 tech and the science and the the special effects and the the action sets like they all hooked me, but nothing kept me wanting to know more kind of thing. Well, right, and but but again, that's that's you know that's what I'm saying. Like you know, you even said it. You're like the storyline, and I was like, I don't even think I can call this a storyline. It's more of like story circles, like. <laughs> you know, it, it, and it's funny because it, it, this is, I don't know, again, like uh, this is kind of the brilliance of, or madness, however you want to say it, of, of Christopher Nolan, because, you know, as far as I know, he's the only person that has made a movie that actually kind of plays backwards in Memento. I, I don't mm-hmm. really know of anyone else that's ever gone back and kind of experimented with uh, telling a story in that way. And then even with this, I mean, he used a palindrome for the name Tenant. It's the same forward and backwards. Um, and it plays a huge part in the last, you know, mega sequence of the film. It's a little, uh, 10 minutes forward, 10 minutes backwards. And he kind of has that 10 and and that forward and backwards, uh, you know, from what I saw, at least, it's, it's very interwoven in this. And the whole movie in general, it, it, it's it's almost impossible to actually identify where this story actually starts and where it actually ends. And it, and it theoretically kind of, as he's presented it, it really doesn't like, it's just a, a, it's a bunch of like intertwined loops and turns and there really isn't a clear cut beginning, middle or end. And it is weird because it does feel like you could maybe watch this movie backwards and forwards in a certain pattern and it would still flow and, kind of make the same sense that it made watching it uh not inverted uh to use a, a film term from the movie <laughs> uh, but the other thing that i that i think you know uh i think it was last episode we talked a little bit about um you know how kind of like convoluted and how broken apart uh wonder woman 84 felt and then it's like you look at this and it's like there is no reason this movie should work at all. Like like I don't even know how you like if this wasn't Christopher Nolan at this stage in his career, this movie would have never got made. Like oh, there no. isn't even a good way to pitch this movie to someone unless you're just like it's a time rewinding spy heist movie. Like it's so weird and so different and i think that's you know i've said this a number of times and i and i know you've kind of said it too is again kind of echoing back to even wonder woman and and what you were just saying with um uh interstellar is you know reality doesn't really have to exist you don't have to explain something in a way that's 100 factual to our world but you do have to create these rules for your for your film world and you have to stick religiously to them. And I'm going to say I don't completely understand all of the rules of Tenet on just one watch, but I never felt like there was any part where it was deviating from what they were trying to structure with the inversion and the the loops and all that sort of stuff. It all felt very very meticulously crafted and again i think it's so easy that this movie could have went off the rails at any point and completely fallen apart 
And the fact that it didn't do that is is absolutely bonkers to me. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm I'm right there where they and I'm I'm sure when he was pitching this movie to whoever he needed to pitch, I'm guessing Warner Brothers, um, he was like, So you know how in Memento the half the movie is kind of going in the backwards and the other half of the movie is going forward and they meet in the middle. And then in Inception, when I got to that last level of uh of you know, uh, dream state. It's it, the time moves slower and stuff like that. And then in Interstellar, when, it's like he's just he's just like showed all these parts of these different movies, and he's just like, and then I'll just throw in a whole bunch of action that I did for Dark the Dark Knight. So, how about giving me all this money? And they're like, yes, <laughs> hundred million, no problem. <laughs> and I get it. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. He obviously has a massive story and all the particulars and details right there in his head, ready to uh, make this movie. And I, I, when I was watching the movie, the world felt big. It felt like there was a lot going on, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like we were showed all of that. If that makes sense. Like, let me, if I could ask you this, uh, I, first off, I agree with you, but (sighs) Did you ever feel lost while you were watching this? Yeah, I would say yes. Uh, there was a couple times when I did, but like it all it all wraps up fine. Like everything is is tied up. Like I don't feel like there's any real loose ends. The only thing that I would probably get lost on is, would be like the explanation of why the stuff was inverted. Like I, I understand that they walked into the thi- into that machine, but like the turnstile. Yeah, the turnstile. But like, who discovered it first? Like, what? How? It, it's all kind of like, well, it's here because the person in the future sent it back, and the person. Well, when okay. He was, when he was talking to Priya, I think is her name. Priya, right. Priya, yeah. Priya. The, the guns dealer in yeah. India. She did make mention of the fact that there was a, I believe it was a woman who ha- was the first one to discover this through kind of like the the algorithms. And like she was actually the first one that realized that you could not so much like reverse time or jump to, it, you couldn't time travel. Like you couldn't jump, like you couldn't say I'm going back to 1984 and then just go back to 1984. But what you could do is you could actually reverse the flow of the time for that object so that that object was traveling back in time, but at the same ratio that it normally would have gone to to get to the point that it was at in current time. So like when they go through the turnstile and they're traveling back, like they're in that shipping container for like weeks and months because they're they're go they have to travel like they have to rewind through time right i understand the normal duration of time to get to that so she she did there there is a conversation where she had dialogue and she's describing that a woman was uh, i believe it was a woman was the first one to come across this uh algorithm that would allow her to create the temporal uh turnstile that when objects pass through it would allow them to travel backwards. And that's the algorithm. That's why the algorithm had to be broken up so that you couldn't do all of time. You could only do like a certain amount of, of things like of tangible objects, whether that was a person or a bullet or whatever, but you couldn't actually 
take all of time through this this temporal turnstile and unless you had all nine elements of that which i mean that's kind of i don't know that's very in-game-esque with like <laughs> the the infinity stones but but that's i like that's kind of where again it's not the most in-depth technical breakdown of why this works and there there's so many conversations in the movie where uh protagonist uh is is talking to neil and neil's like yo it it's a paradox like it's not gonna make sense it doesn't have to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so yeah uh, so then is that are you are you saying that there was no point when you were confused well so I don't know if this talks to how psychotic my brain is, but I I I don't want to say that I was never confused, but I it felt like I never felt like I was missing something or behind what was going on. Like you know when they they were opening the door and he was like, "Oh, do you need a hand?" And then he went in. I was like, "Oh my god, his hand is hurt because he was just fighting." Mm-hmm. And then when the person came out, I'm like, "Oh shit, that's the same person." And then I'm like, "Oh, that's actually probably him." And so I mean, like, you know, and and like when they were doing the the plutonium heist, like I saw that the mirror on the car was broken basically from the beginning, and I was like, "Oh well, that's gonna unbreak at the yeah. end of it." So I, I never felt like lost, or I I never felt like I had to kind of figure out what was going on. But I do agree with you. I think there are still some intricacies and things like that that would be nice to go back and see how those played into the overall picture, if you will, you know what I mean? Like, but I could see, you know, if you're not someone who has really, I guess, been a huge, like if you're just the average movie goer, right. And not like a a film buff or a, a movie nerd or anything. I could see how you would be, extremely overwhelmed and and completely lost by what was happening. Like, I think, you know, you have the benefit of like the fact that you, you know, uh, do some screenwriting, like you're very much into, you know, the structure of, of narratives and, and storytelling and filmmaking. And so like, I think for you, like you're still picking all those things up that a lot of other people would, would probably just blatantly overlook and feel overwhelmed by this movie in in what it was saying or or what was happening rather you know what i mean i mean i, I i'll take that compliment <laughs> I, I thank you but i i mean i didn't like like i said i don't know if i was ever really confused or or lost but i would definitely say i was i was felt like i was playing catch up a lot like i was mm-hmm. definitely behind and it, I, it started when or it started after he the protagonist takes the cyanide pill like he just wakes up in was it a lighthouse? Yeah, waiting for uh, that ship to show up, and mm-hmm. the other guy was just like, "Hey, say this word, and it could open up certain doors for you." But like, I don't really understand. Like, how did he survive? How did they get him out of there? Like, what exactly happened right then? Did he go back in time? Did someone go back in time and stop him? Or, or once again, it's not really going back in time, but it's going traveling backwards through time. So. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, since since at that point, I just started. I felt like I was always playing catch up. Yeah, I, I, and again, the, the, there are a lot of uh, things and loops and stuff like that, you know. And I mean, they were like, "Well, you're in a medically induced coma, and you know, you, you had to take this like kind of like blind leap of faith or whatever." But it's like obviously 
that's the whole paradox thing because he if he created tenet he would have known that but then he recruits neil and neil's going backwards so yeah i mean there's definitely some areas that are are gonna be like that and that's what i'm saying like i think if i watched it maybe a few more times those questions might become a little bit clearer and there's a real possibility they might not either because those might just be moments that nolan's like yeah it it doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and I guess the easiest solution to that would be that, you know, Neil, who is essentially his time traveling savior, because that guy saves his ass so many times by going backwards in the timeline that, you know, it could be very well there. And I don't know, they were talking something about the clock hitting seven. <clears throat> so there was something with, with that, type of symbology uh, symbolism whatever sorry uh thank you boondock saints um that, that was that was happening and so yeah i mean i i could i could understand that and like i said i i do think there's things that i could go back and and pick up on but like i just don't i never felt like i guess i didn't feel like you did i never felt like behind mm. uh the story there, there were certainly things that i was like that's weird because I agree with you on on, the, on on one hand, right? Like if you're being shown that bullets are traveling backwards, like you you probably would be a little bit more shocked. But then I'm like, well, you know, subconsciously, <laughs> if he's connected in any way to any of the other loops or himself, he theoretically has done this 57 times before. <laughs> and, you know, one of the one of the things that I, I thought was extremely interesting it, it, going back to that scene you were just talking about where he takes the the you know cyanide pill that's actually a, a sleeping pill when you get to where um oh what's his name well, Sa- was, yeah he's it wasn't an actual cyanide pill he takes that and he's like it, it put him into a medically induced coma and he's like oh it wasn't real and he goes no it was a test of faith to see if you actually would kill yourself but it just made him seem dead to those russians Ah, uh, okay. Or the Ukrainians, whoever they were. I, I must have missed that completely. Oh, yeah. But this is what I thought was interesting about that, is when you get to the end of the film, and they're on the the boat that the day that uh, Sador tried to kill himself and end the world and all that sort of stuff, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's on the boat, and he's talking to his past, future wife i don't know he's, he's talking to his wife that's reversed back to this time period so right. yeah past future wife um future past wife yeah future past wife there you go and <laughs> he he's talking to her about killing himself and he pulls one of those pills out oh and i was like oh oh my god what if he takes that and he doesn't die he just goes into a coma like that was their attempt at one of the other runs was to be like, oh, okay, well, we're, we're, he's going to kill himself, so let's give him this pill that he thinks will kill him, but it'll actually put him into a coma and not kill him so that we'll have time to do what we need to do. But then it didn't work because they still had to send her back. Plus and like, the fact that, like, it wasn't necessarily that, like, if his heart stopped, then the, the safe, the failsafe went off, wasn't it? It was more that he needed to put something in every day like if 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 he didn't if he didn't do something then the failsafe went off yeah again there, i think there's 
kind of back and forths on that because I, I feel like that's true. But then, I mean, he was also extremely over the top about his his heart rate because, I mean, he hit that guy with the gold brick and then he was right. like, oh, it jumped to 98. Not bad for that level of exertion. And then when he's burning uh, protagonist in the car, he's like heart rate up to 130. Not even my wife did that. And then throws the like lighter in the gasoline and walks off. Yeah, and I was right. like. So I don't know. That's and little things like that. I, I they, there's like all of these little things that I'm like, well, are they in there? Because they could not be, but they might be. <laughs> um, yeah the the whole like when she first mentions mentions that story, the the wife, I, and I can't remember her name right now. I think isn't it's Elizabeth Dubecki is the actress, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when she mentions that. When I came back that day, I saw the other woman you know, like jump off the, the the boat at the very mm-hmm. last second. I was like, "Oh, I definitely." I was like, "She definitely saw herself." Like that was that's definitely what was going on there. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, but the, I think the the coolest thing for me was the second time around when they got to the plutonium heist, and you you've realized that there were three versions of the protagonist in that scene at one time. Yeah. Like, well, I was, I, Ooh, that's, that's insane. And Neil is fighting one version that's going forward in time. Whereas the protagonist is fighting a version of himself that's going backwards in time. Yeah. It's, that's what I mean. It's, it's, an, it's absolutely insane from that standpoint too. You know what I mean? And then like, just on a, again, like on a filmmaking level, uh, it's insane because you're like watching this and, uh, you know, obviously I don't know how much of this is, is accurate or not, but like based on his past track record, Nolan is not big on CGI or green screen. Like if he can do it practical, he will go practical. And so you're watching a lot of these crazy set pieces, uh, and action sequences unfold. And you're just like, holy, sh- that's, that's probably done practically, like they're doing these forward and backward car chases and that like the coordination and, and like the technical execution of those things. Like, I think that's what was more interesting to me than the story even was just <laughs> looking at all this stuff and being like, Oh my gosh, like how in God, like, how, cause going back to the, I, I think it was like the, I don't know, the dark Knight returns or whichever one it was that had uh Bane. Like yeah. they hung a plane fuselage from another plane and were flying in the air to record some of those interior fuselage scenes. Like that's the level of insanity that Nolan goes to uh, to have practical effects or like the entire rotating hallway in Inception. Like they built that hallway and rotated it while those people were in there fighting. And so you're watching like these action sequences and you're just like, how, how crazy must the coordination have, especially the final uh, temporal pincher that they do where you literally have, uh, you know, the assault from both sides forward and backwards in time, uh, you know, all of the coordination of those things happening. Like I, I it just absolutely flabbergasted me, like how crazy that is. No, you're you're absolutely right. That is the most insane that this movie gets, and that that scene where they're doing the backwards and forward um, uh, pincer attack that you were talking about, like 
I don't know. I don't even know what to to think about that. Like I was still just wrapping my mind around the fight scene at the airport. Oh yeah, that too. Aaron have to uh, figure out what was going on at the pincer attack, which is, I mean, it's that's insane. This this whole movie is very insane. <laughs> No, I, I again, I agree. I mean, I, I think that was, um, you know, it, it's not Nolan, of course, but like that was kind of the same thing that happened while I was watching like 1917. Um, I think I actually mm-hmm. lost a huge amount of the story just being completely overwhelmed by, you know, the technical prowess of actually making that happen in the way that they did. And, and you know, I feel like... Uh, there's some nuance in this film that I probably lost for the same reasons, because I just remember being so like, Holy like how, how did they do that? And then I'm like, uh, you know, they're crashing a actual like commercial airliner cargo plane into a building. And I'm like, yep, no one's probably just like gas it up and slam it into the building. Let's go. You know, like do it. They're like, okay, like it's let's do it. And then, uh, what was the uh, the part that I was going to talk about? Well, just the whole like Neil and protagonist relationship. Like, obviously, the end of the movie is like the end of the relationship that Neil is going to have with the protagonist. But he, you know, lets it slip that well, you're the one that recruited me. So, like, like you were saying, Neil has gone through and saved the protagonist's life several times throughout this movie. Which then makes you think that, you know, his relationship with Neil is going to keep going forward because he's eventually going to, you know, recruit him and and all that stuff and uh, save his life a bunch of times. So it's it's weird that they're two they're 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 in this relationship with each other and they're going two different ways. Well, yeah, exactly. Because and and I think you're one hundred percent right it, that the Neil was going back through the. Um, uh oh gosh the the turnstile in order to take that bullet yep. while he was opening the door thus ending his timeline but that is very much the beginning of protagonist's timeline because he's going to continue to go forward break up the rest of the uh pieces of the algorithm recruit neil but if you think back to the scene where he meets neil that's why neil is like i'll have a vodka tonic he'll have a diet coke and then he's like, oh, I, I guess, you know, it pays to know the people in your business. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I would have preferred water. And he just looks at him. He's like, no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> because he's known him for like, you know, however yeah. many years. And it's like, it's it, it's so well thought out. Just those little intricacies like that. But, those, but us, at the, us as the audience at that point just think, oh, no, he's just a really good spy. He knows the, you know, the spy craft that well. Like, that's all the reason. That, that's the only thing that we get at that point. But it's. It is. It's a cool. It's a cool little character uh, intricacy, if, if you want to put it that way. Um, the other thing I was going to say was the the scientist that explains the inverted objects to protagonists at the, mm-hmm. in the somewhat beginning of the movie. She lets it slip, or she doesn't let it slip, but she's like, "Hey, they told me that this is you know learning this stuff and and learning how to work with it means that we're going to stop World War Three it seems more like you're going to stop the, the fact that, um, you know, the whole like time space continuum is going to crash down upon itself. Well, 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 
what was Rotas's uh, or Seder's um, master plan? It's to eventually, if he dies, then everybody gets the weapons or something like that, right? Well, yeah, I think it was if he died, it would activate the algorithm and thus completely eradicate all time. Like everything would just basically cease to kind of exist. So I would um, say that's a little bit bigger than just World War Three. Right. Um, I have a suspicion that the reason that they reference it as World War Three is because I think if she would have told him at that moment what he was actually doing, I don't think he would have believed it. And <laughs> since he's recruiting people to prep himself for this mission, I mean, like, he would theoretically know, like, hey, wait a minute, if at this moment where I'm basically coming out of the world of being a, you know, um, you know, spy or or whatever for a spook or whatever for the CIA. If you tell me that I'm going to stop World War Three, that's a cause that I can buy into instantly. But if you tell me that I'm going to stop all of time from imploding in and on of, it, of itself and destroying all of the I- existence that we know it, that might have been a little bit much for him. But I don't know. maybe I don't not because he wasn't faced by the bullets, so <laughs> maybe it wouldn't have been. <laughs> he should just trust in himself more. <laughs> I, he should have he he doubted himself well maybe it was her then maybe if he told her as a scientist that they were going to stop this from happening maybe that would have changed the course of history because maybe then she would have been like oh i'm a scientist i could figure this out like maybe she would have tr- maybe she would have tried to fuck with the time thing maybe he did say that on the first 37 run throughs and then on the 38th he's like i gotta tell her it's world war three <laughs> uh one of the things that i thought was super interesting super cool was that it, when you're in that scene uh and he's learning about stuff like she's like oh yeah you know items come through and stuff like that and and they can go backwards through time but by the time you get to the end of the movie you have a full-on armies that are going through like and vehicles and all that stuff and you, you, like to do that pincer attack you have a massive amount of people and items that are going inverted through time. Yep. No, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, it, it's a, a huge amount. Like I said, a huge amount of coordination. It seems, um, it seems so much smaller. It seems more like, like it seemed at that point, it seems like the spycraft movie, but then at the end, when you get to the big battle scene, it seems more like a war movie. Yeah. I, honestly, that was, um, I think that was one of the moments in the film where it was like, I don't really understand why we're having this major battle. And wouldn't he have already known that he was in this battle if he was moving to it at one point? Like, well, I think the thing is, is that we're we're following one version of protagonists through his timeline. Yes, oh, everything sure. else that's happening to him has might might have already happened to him if we were to have jumped to another version of protagonist. But as we follow the one one version of him through uh time the timeline no one has like given him a uh um a note or anything saying oh don't worry you succeed like neil could have said something be like oh don't worry you you succeed kind of thing i guess <laughs> well right but he, they they mentioned though that like you know he, he especially neil cuz he's like what's already happened happened you know and he's like i can't that's why i didn't tell you anything cuz i can't change your mind about it so i think that's also where it's like 
I don't know. It's it, it again. It is one of those things where you're like, well, there is obviously a very clear paradoxical element to the film, and inevitably that that's going to have to be there because of the the time reversal or inversion, uh, if you will. But yeah, that I don't know. It's just the way that that last scene unfolded was so strange. You know what I mean? Like. And you're right. Like the rest, of, it felt very spy espionage heist type movie until the last ten, like, well, perceptively ten minutes of the movie because it's you know ten minutes forward, ten minutes back kind of thing in that in that mm-hmm. huge battle sequence. But um, I'm sure it's actually longer than ten minutes in the film. Um, so again, now you've got a third time element to it uh, as a viewer. <laughs> but yeah, that that part, I don't know. That part did feel. Uh, it just felt very strange to me in terms of the rest of the the movie, but um, I, I mean, it still works. It was still enjoyable, but it, it definitely felt, especially at the end when Neil's kind of walking away and he's just standing there in this like totally desolate Mad Max looking world, and uh, you're just like, wow. And then and then the next shot after that, he's like getting into the BMW and and like shooting Priya and that other lady and you're just like wow that looks so so different that's like that just felt like that was two worlds that transpired there but uh beautiful locations all throughout the movie though nonetheless so uh, anything else on like a technical aspect that you'd like to hit upon um i mean it's this is nolan uh i'm sure it's shot on film um in some capacity, at least, I think it's probably IMAX film. If I had to take a guess, yeah, I'm almost probably sure that if you, if you or I had seen this in an IMAX as he solely intended, we might have had a different opinion on the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, you're obviously going to lose something because uh, you know the theater experience is different, uh, and the IMAX theater experience is is even beyond that. Like, I, I honestly, I would love if after the pandemic happened, if they would re-release this um, to at least IMAX theaters. Uh, I would be totally on board to to go watch this in the IMAX. I think it would be a really interesting experience to see it on that large of a screen and and you know, the, the really nice, uh, sound system that you get at, at IMAX. Um, I think, you know, the other things were just kind of some of the stuff that I touched on. Like, uh, I, I just, oh, I, just in knowing Nolan and his work and how, you know, religious, if you want to call it that he is about sticking to practical effects. Um, you know, it just blew my mind at, at every turn of the movie. Like, just the sheer and then the fact that he wrote this like he's the single writing credit on this uh he directed it um i mean absolutely insane when you look at all the different you know facets and and all of these things of this movie and and like i said you know how very quickly it could have fallen apart um let let me ask you this how how is it that you watch this movie because i watched it on video on demand in my living room and i I I have a decent sound system, but I don't have a great sound system. Mm-hmm. And his sound mixing, I'm sure this is exactly how he wanted it, but like to me, the 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 noises and the music were so loud and compared to the the dialogue. And I I I tend to always watch with the subtitles or captioning on just because I'll I might be chewing on something some chips or something like that or popcorn you know yeah and so that might be a reason why i missed some of the 
other plot points, but I it was to me it was very distracting that the audio was so loud. Like not the audio, but yeah, the certain certain tracks of the audio were so loud. Uh yeah, no, I mean I watched it in a living room uh with, you know, 7.1 surround, which obviously is not, you know, Dolby Atmos or or, you know, anything super crazy, but uh it, it still I think works pretty well. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is definitely some moments where, and I think it's intentional, but there's definitely some moments where the music and soundtrack and all that sort of stuff is overbearing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and and even the soundtrack in general is also very interesting because it, I, I could be wrong on this, but in hearing it, it also sounds like the soundtrack at certain points where the forward and the inversion are, are kind of doing, I I'm doing the tenant hand gesture right now um, <laughs> when they're, you know, inter interlocking and, and interwoven. I'm pretty sure they're actually just reversing it and playing it on top of the actual forward moving soundtrack. Like I could be wrong on that, but it, it, it's oh, certainly what it sounded like. I'm sure that's exactly what was happening. I haven't looked it up, but I know, or at least I remember hearing for Inception, like they used the same bit of sound or a score. And as you went deeper into the levels of, of dream state, they just slowed it down. Like mm. as time moves slower. So that's why you at those, you know, the, some parts, the, the lower part where you hear that, the, the now famous like sound, mm-hmm. you know, that's because of that. So I'm yeah. sure you played this backwards. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I would be too. And and you know, again, I, I could be wrong. It could just been something they they did to make it uh, sound that way. But it, it, I don't know. That's what I got out of it. But yeah, I mean, there, there. I think you're totally right. There, there, there definitely was some moments. And uh, you know, again, I'm sure it's very intentional. I know. I I don't know. I feel like he's got a bit of a track record with that kind of stuff too. Because I remember a lot of people had issues with like um, Bane. And his voice and all that sort of stuff. And then I think they actually even went back and, and changed it later because it oh, was yeah, so right. bad. Yeah. Um, that. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, he does have a track record of kind of doing that. And um, I, I feel like in this movie, at least for me, th- those moments are really just meant to be unsettling, unjarring, and kind of like shake your focus, which would make sense as a, as a, as a choice because... Y- imagine having to learn to do everything, you know, backwards, you know, cause that's essentially what's happening when you're going through these inversions. So, uh, I, I would imagine that would be a little overbearing and jarring. And, and so I think that, you know, is maybe the, maybe that was the reason behind the choice, whether or not it was effective for everyone, I think is a different question, but, but that would be my best assumption. Um, but I mean, the cinematography in this is is beautiful. Uh, the production design is incredible. I mean, some of these locations are my god, man. Some of these locations are just absolutely beautiful. Like uh, the part where he's uh, up on the hillside talking to to Cat. Um, my god, what a beautiful! I don't even know where that's at, but what a beautiful location! Like absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. They're, like. Everything about this movie looks great. It is an amazing looking movie. There is just problems with the story and it's specifically character development. Like I just don't feel like like am I it was at the at the end of this, am I supposed to be that that protagonist cares about uh 
what is Elizabeth Debicki's character's name? Cat. Cat. Yeah. Is she? Is he supposed to like have emotions for her, or is it just he just feels he needs to protect her? I mean, obviously he protects her by killing the people that were going to try and kill her. And what a way to set that up! Like, if you ever feel like someone's watching you or something looks off, just drop a, a voicemail right here and don't worry about it. Like, because. That will end up in the future, and I'm in the future, and I'll just walk backwards in time and and stop it from ever being a problem. I will put a bullet from the out of their head instead of putting a bullet in their head. I will pull a bullet out of their head that I put there in the past, yeah, or the future, yeah. Uh, no, I, I look, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I it and it's strange to me because I, I almost don't care. Like everything else was so interesting and and uh, in a way for me I think just really refreshing too because it's also kind of a a break from you know the mass massive amounts of of big quote unquote big movies if you want to call them that that are comic book movies and so like it is kind of refreshing to get something that's different so I I think you're absolutely right and I agree with you in your assessment that there isn't uh really any character development but I somehow also f- feel like that's very fitting for this story and i don't know maybe that's bullshit maybe i'm giving a huge pass to nolan because it's nolan i I don't think i'm doing that but maybe you know let's i'll be subjective on myself and say maybe that's what i'm doing uh but realistically like i almost i almost don't even feel like his character really matters like or, or any of them it's more of just the fact of the events that were so weird that you're like anyone could go back and try to change these or you know it could be i mean they kind of allude to they're like what did you think you were the only protagonist i'm like yeah i mean it would make sense if there's like a bunch of other people you know but but i agree i i I do think um it 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 would i think it could also be nice to get some of that clarity and and I, i don't know i mean do you think that that was a do you think that was a choice uh, from an acting standpoint, or do you feel like that's more of just, uh, you know, the directing and, and the writing and stuff? I definitely think that that was a directing writing choice. Cause like, as we've seen with other things that uh, John David Washington has done, like he brings a lot of character to the characters that he plays. So to have this character that is so, reeled back and and contained and uh is is definitely different i think so i would i would i would say that was probably um nolan being like hey this character is very you know introverted it's very introverted in in his in his mind like like he thinks everything through like he's constantly playing mental chess and moving pieces around um kind of thing well maybe that was the point maybe he wasn't supposed to have character development but maybe he's meant to have character inversion Ooh, look at that (laughs) i don't know i i haven't seen him in in a lot honestly i i think the only other thing i've seen him in was uh ballers uh and i I do like him in that i i I think you're right i think he does play a a good character in that so you didn't watch black clansman I haven't seen it yet. I, I want to watch it, but um, it, it was just at a time period where I just did not have a lot of free time, and I and I really wasn't making it to the theaters as much. And um, 
I, I want to check it out because it's a Spike Lee movie and, and I, I like a lot of Spike Lee's films. Uh, and I have heard very good things about it. I heard it was a, it was a really good movie. So I, I need to go check it out. I just have not. I just haven't had that. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll try to do that soon because I, I really did want to check it out. He yeah. does good in it. Yes, he does. Very much so. Hmm. I will have to check that out then. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that's all that we really, would you recommend people watch this movie? You know, again, I, I think it's really difficult to me if, if, because I, I generally don't know if, if a lot of people would I- enjoy this. I would assume, I guess, if you're listening to this show, uh, maybe you're someone who is a, a little bit more into movies, uh, than just the, uh, I hate to say the average person, but I, I, you know, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but you know, I, certain people just get drawn into things more passionately than others. And and I think that, you know, if you're probably someone that's taking time out of your day to listen to the two of us uh, rant and ramble on about movies that you're probably, you know, at least somewhat more passionate than, than, you know, the kind of quote unquote average person. So I think if that's the case. Yeah. Maybe give it a shot. Uh, I don't think it's going to be this huge blanket movie that everyone in the world is going to enjoy or love. Uh, I certainly think in inception is probably, although just as kind of kooky and, and intricate, I somehow feel like that's at least more commercially. Uh, it, it's a larger commercial spread for that. I feel, you know, kind of like a uh, drive was for Nicholas Wynn and Refn versus, only God forgives. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? I feel like it's kind of like that situation. Um, I don't know. What about you? Like, w- would you kind of recommend people watch this? Or? I'm definitely on the same track as you. I think I would recommend people watch it if you like science fiction, if you like spy movies. Like, there's all these elements of different genres kind of thrown, to, not just thrown together, but put together to make this movie. And, and it's, it's interesting, and I think <laughs> I think that the action and the pacing moves fast enough that you're not like, well, wait, what? Okay, yeah, cool. We're on to the next thing. Like it just keeps going, so it doesn't really slow down for you to be like, I don't understand what is happening. Yeah, I, I think that's a very very fair assessment because again, that is the that is one of the things where this again this movie could have very easily just derailed itself and and the pacing i think is uh absolutely a good thing to point out because it's like two hours and two and a half hours it is two and a half hours i really didn't feel like i felt all that two and a half hours as i did wonder woman (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah. wonder woman felt like it was like four and a half hours um and oddly felt like it was somehow 17 films where even this film that's like 37 iterations of itself is still only felt like one I don't know. It's weird. This movie is a paradox. It's an anomaly. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess you're. I guess you're right with that. It, it, it's certainly weird. Okay, uh, then if you have more information that you'd like to pass on to me, or just want to discuss Tenant more, find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia. G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. Richard, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter as well at Rykowin, R-I-C-O-W-N. And definitely, I, I think what the, I mean, I feel like we say this, but I feel like especially with this movie, if you have any opinion on this, 
please reach out to us on Twitter. Like, I would love to hear more, like, fan theories or ideologies or thought. Even if you hated the movie and thought it was a complete piece of crap, like, I would love to know why. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I think this movie just feels so kind of refreshingly different but also monumentally Nolan-y Nolan. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't really make a good palindrome out of that, but I tried uh, for the sake of Tenet. But yeah, I don't know. I would love to hear uh, other people's thoughts on this. So I didn't, I didn't really dive into any uh, fan theories, but I did see one, and I didn't, I didn't research it enough. But uh, there was, I guess there is a theory going around that uh, Neil is Cat's son, Max. Like, that's why, like, he's kind of attentive to her, but not too much to give it away. And then also, like, if his if Max's full name is Maximilian, like the last part of Maximilian Leon is like can be Neil backwards, like, or it could be that yeah. If you do it backwards, it's Neil. Like, I don't know. I saw that part and I was like, oh, I should come back to check this out, and I never did. But I thought that was interesting. Uh, no, I, I do too. And I mean, you say it, and and I mean, it's enough that I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I maybe on my next watch through, I'll, I'll try to see some of those things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you are. I mean, you are right. Like, it, I mean, it could be. It could be. Yeah, exactly. It could. I be. mean, you know, he's it, she goes to pick him up from that school, and he could watch uh, protagonist smoke those two fools in the car. I don't know. Like, it could be a mom could also <laughs> be like, yo, you're gonna reverse yourself through time in the future i don't know yeah that's hmm that's interesting <laughs> okay uh if you want to talk to the rest of geekly media it's at geekly media on twitter at geekly media on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geekly media is our facebook page check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website geekly media.com uh please whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us rate and review us it helps spread the word of our network to others but until next time this is the mitch and rich show on the geekly media network saying always remember to geek Geek out. out this concludes our broadcast